I love my pastor. How about y'all? And his wife, Sister Carrie. Ain't God good. I got a lot to say. I don't know that I'll say it all, but because God's already done a lot here tonight. I just think God is amazing. You know, uh, I was showing, the Lord had showed me a while ago, Jason, he hadn't said anything to me. And the Lord told me to show him my oil. And I always take, matter of fact, I just filled it back up from some oil that Brother Stephen had brought me from Israel. And the Lord had spoke to me standing there to show it to Brother Jason. And I pulled it out and I showed it to him. And it wasn't long he come over here and told me he had pain, sharp pains in the back of his neck. You know, some people might think it's foolish, but I believe in that oil. You know, I believe in, in the power of Jesus Christ and his healing because he's healed me many times, many, many times. But I would just like to give honor to my pastor and his wife and a lot of others in here that's ministers and, you know, I just counted a privilege and honor to be here, to be up here to speak the word of you know the word of God. Uh, but I had a testimony that I shared at the men's thing we had. It's been what a year ago about a little boat incident that I had on the river many many years ago, and. But there was some of the some of the guys' wives. They got mad because they wouldn't tell them my testimony. We want to hear it from him, you know. And I had asked Pastor Jared about it before, and we never got around to do it. Every time we started, the, the Lord would move, and he'd preach for three or four hours, and <laughs> we'd be, you know. Uh, I don't know that I'll preach that long. I may under the anointing of God, you know. But uh. Anyway, uh, you ready, brother? Oh, okay. But she was one of them that was on me about it. She asked me three or four times, when are you going to tell us that? I said, you need to talk to the pastor about that. <laughs> so I don't know if she ever did. But anyway, I don't even remember how many years ago it was, but it was, it was a pretty good while. But before that previous time, there was a message spoke over in Brother Campbell's church in Westville. And I remember it very clearly, every word that was spoken, because it was spoken directly to me. And anyway, it was given, she, she spoke it out, and the Lord said, My son, my son, I call you by your name, Larry. He said, Do not reject me, for I have saved you from death many times. And you know, what do we do? We run. We're, if we're in the world... We don't know Jesus Christ. We know of him, but we don't know personally relationship with him. And my baby sister was sitting by me, and when, when she spoke that, I was already thought these people were nuts, you know. <laughs> I, I didn't know anything about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I was like down in the seat, and my baby sister says, Larry, that's you. And I was like, oh, I really got down in the seat. <laughs> but anyway, and... That message was spoke several years before, 
And you know, when you're running from God and you're running from your calling to God, it's very easy to do. Very easy. And anyway, I, I called myself one morning. It was probably like 18 to 20 degrees, sleeting outside. So I, I called myself going to go hunting down the river because I figured nobody else would be there, and I'd go down there and kill me a deer, you know. So here I go on my boat, and I'm all bundled up with my boots and my big coat and gloves and my gun laying across my lap. And back then, all you had to have was the little square seat to sit on. You didn't have a life jacket. And uh, I was going down the river, and I was just I was going looking for a deer. And all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, the water was kind of swift, and I wasn't going fast. And as I went around this curve, I just slid off the seat right into the river. Gun, boots, and everything. And as I fell off into the river, I... Naturally, I was floating because it was I was full of clothes and stuff, you know. I had my gun, and I was like, I saw my boat going down the river. I mean, it was just going down the river. The life jacket that I was sitting on was going down the river. My boat uh, cushion uh, I was sitting on, and my paddle was going down the river. And I didn't know God. I didn't know. I knew there was a God, but I didn't know him personally. And... As I was trying to get to the hill, I went down one time. My boots were filling up. My jacket was filling up. Jason knows because it happened to him in the river. And as I was going down the second time, I had to let go of my gun. And I can clearly remember when I was going down the third time, I could look up and I could see the sun shining through the, through the water. And I was literally going down. I didn't know God. I never said, God help me. I, I don't remember saying anything. I was just lifeless. And all of a sudden, I, it did, this didn't dawn on me till like three weeks later what happened, you know, because I was in just such a shock. I felt something grab me by, the, by my leg, and it pulled me to the top of the water. And none of this is, it was just none of it was real to me at the time. And as I came to the top of the water, the life jacket, the red life jacket that I was sitting on was coming from upstream, and it was spinning round and around, and it came and hit me in the chest. And I pedaled to the hill, and by then I was already purple. My hands, I still have scars from frostbite, and I was literally on my knees saying, Lord, I was at that time saying, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. And I was freezing. I could, I could feel my heart just thunk, barely beating. And I just said the simple, Lord, help me. I can't swim across this river. It was, I was freezing. There's no way. The river was on like 15 feet. And all of a sudden, I heard a boat coming from downstream. And I looked, and it was my boat. My boat came from here to Brother Ricky there. On the same side of the hill, it could have went anywhere in the river. It could have went anywhere. And it came to shore, and it was just sitting there. Pup, 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 pup. I got in the boat, drove home, and my mother, when I got there, thank God for praying mothers. Amen. You know, I wasn't in church. She was. She'd been in church for 40, 44, 45 years. 
I thank God for my mother. Amen. You know, a praying mother. Amen. And as I, when I got home, I walked in the door, and she said, are you okay? And she said, I was praying for you. Come on. You know, if it had not been for my mother praying for me, I wouldn't have been standing here before you. You know, I thank God. I thank God for that. You know, but, you know, and, and it was a long time before I realized how, who was this grabbed me by my leg? Who was this brought this life jacket to me? Who was this steered my boat back to me? You know, and you know what? <laughs> Believe it or not, it was several years later before I ever even came to Christ. And you can't tell me that's not a merciful God. There's nobody in here, there's nobody in here that God cannot save. Nobody. It don't matter where you've been, what you've done, or who you are, what color you are, it don't matter. God loves us all. You know why? He died on that cross for each and every one of us. He shed his precious blood for me. You know, and that's what keeps me going. Used to, when I got in church, I would think about, I would just literally think about Jesus Christ hanging on the cross. And there were several times I could literally hear the blood running down the post. You know, and I would say, thank you, Jesus. He didn't have to do it. He didn't have to do it for me. He didn't have to do it for nobody, but he did. But anyway, uh, I just wanted to share that testimony to a lot of people who's already heard it. A lot have it. You know, but to me, it, it means a whole lot to me. It, it didn't back then because, you know, I didn't know. I didn't know Jesus Christ then. But I have a, a few scriptures. It's probably a lot of it is most of you's already heard. Um, but I got to ask this question. This is falling apart. How many of y'all know that we have, we have a will? The Lord woke me up. Pastor Jared hadn't even, he hadn't even asked me to preach or nothing. But the week before he had asked me, after I preached Little River Shay's funeral, and I know it was a tragic death, but we know where she's at. You know, and that's the good thing about it. You know, but God used that child to open the door for me, you know, because I struggled with this for many years. I felt God calling me, and I felt God knocking on that door for me to do his work many times, and then Satan would come in, and, and he would slide something else in, you know, to try to keep you from preaching his word, and I told my wife some of the things that Brother Charlie spoke earlier. I just told her last week we were talking about the community and how people was looking at us and you can reach people that other people can't reach and brother Charlie spoke those words to me Amen. you know and, and I know that, that it was God but um, the Lord woke me up about a will and I'm not talking about a, a death will I'm talking about your will we all have a will Amen. you got a will of Satan you got the will of the human and the will of God. And as the Lord was giving me this, <laughs> we have three wills on this earth. And 
I started searching up this word will and, and you know, God, God started giving me scriptures and like in 2 Peter 3 and 9, the Lord is not slack. He's not slack on anything. If anybody's slack, it's us. We're the ones that slack. I know I've been slack plenty of times. And, but he said, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. Says, but long suffering. He sure was long suffering with me. A long time, for many years. To us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And that's not just lip repenting. That's with your heart. Anybody can walk over here and say, Forgive me, Sister Dana, for calling you a bad name. But if you don't mean it from your heart, then what have you accomplished? Nothing. Nothing. So this is true repentance, not lip repentance from the heart. And, and God, God was really dealing with me about, you know, you have a lot of churches, and I'm not bashing nobody, but our, our heart is far from God. We worship God with our lips, but our heart is way, way away from God. I mean, look around. Look around what's going on in the world. We have no faith. That's the problem. The church has no faith. If we don't have faith, it's impossible to please God. So we have to have the faith. If I didn't have faith God was going to heal Jason, I would have never prayed for him. That's just me. I don't know about anybody else. If I didn't have faith that God healed Sheila's headache that she had for two days, I would have never prayed for her. Did God not do it? You know? So God will use you if you allow him to do it. And, but... Then you got the old will of Satan. He's going to try everything he can, especially if you're doing what you need to be doing for God. It's not going to be a piece of cake. Walking with God, it's easy walking with him as long as you're praying and fasting and reading the word of God because as soon as you start getting slack, what's he going to do? He's going to jump in. In John 10 and 10, what does it say? He comes to what? Steal, to kill, and destroy. If he can destroy you, everything else, or if he can kill your walk, oh, you don't need to go to church on Wednesday night. There you go. Whatever, whatever he can do to keep you from coming to church, because I know I've been there. When you miss church, you miss something. You just talk to somebody, oh, we had a fantastic Man, why wasn't I there? You know, that's, that's the way it is. And I'm, not, I'm speaking to myself, not anybody else. I can't go to heaven for Brother Jerry, and he can't go for me. Vice versa to hell. I can't go for nobody. I don't want to go for nobody. And I don't want anybody to go. You know, that's my heart's desire is to pull these people out of hell. That's what we're trying to do. That's what we need to be doing. It says, uh, the devil's attacking people's minds. How many in here has a battle with the old devil with your mind? I do every day. Every day. You think you're on cloud now and you're just, boy, you're living for God, you're doing it. Then next thing you know, boom, you get the wind knocked out of you. That's the enemy. And we should not be ignorant of the devil's devices. That's what the Word of God says. If we're ignorant of his devices, he's going to use them on you. 
just to keep them from turning to the Lord by repenting. The will of man includes mental and spiritual. You know, if he can mess with your mind, it's going to mess up your spirit. That's what he does. I mean, it says the mental, spiritual ability to choose between either life, what is life? That's heaven. Or eternal punishment, that's hell. I'd rather choose eternal life myself. That's what I've chosen. It says to follow or reject the truth and choose between good and evil. God will never or God will never force his will upon anyone. He won't force you to serve him. He's not going to get a club and say, Sister Stacy, you're going to serve me this year. Next year you do what you want to do. It don't work that way. Except it says God will never force the will upon anyone, but he will provide each person the option to accept him by submitting his or her will to believe or reject his will by choosing to believe not. Just like I said, if you don't believe that Brother Stephen's healed or Brother Jared's healed, Brother Michael, why are you wasting your time praying? That's the way I've always been. If I told Mary, I said, if I, if I don't believe that God's going to heal them, I'm not even going to waste my time praying and waste their time. So, um, John 3 and 36. He that believeth on the Son had everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Amen. Satan don't play by the rules. He don't, he don't care. He don't care about you. He don't care nothing about your soul. He don't care about anything. He, he puts the trials. How many has trials? Temptations. Temptations of this world. You know, he, he puts it all. And the other circumstances, he, you know, the mental and spiritual pressure builds up and hoping that people will make the wrong choices in life. And that's what we do a lot of times. We make the wrong choice. That's why we have to make up our mind to serve the Lord. If you have a made up mind to serve God, then you can do it. Just like if you make up your mind, you're going to go fishing in the morning. You get up and go. Make up your mind. Have a made up mind. Uh, it's just like two people that's married. You get or two people gets in an agreement, the same agreement with each other. You're aligning their will with the will of a, You're aligning your will with them. You know? You're not aligning your will with the will of God in your life. Just like me, I was, they, they were spoken. I should have got up plenty of times and went to the altar. It's just as much me as it is anybody in here, you know. And it took, it took a tragic accident to pull me out of where I was at. You know, I thank God. I thank God that he pulled me out and he was merciful enough to use me. And, and I, I just believe that, that God has a purpose and a plan for everything. 
You know, when, when two people get married, uh, they fall in love and they, they think they're going to be together forever. And, it, you know, their will changes. Will divorce become a, a thing to, because there's, you know, there are differences. They find out that they've got different opinions. they got different things. And a lot of them run from it instead of husband and wife is supposed to be not two. When you marry, you become one. And then the will will change. And it says, will divorce become an option to the couple? Very important to understand when the human will shifts, so does the spiritual world. So once a sinner repents, the adversary is redeemed, powerless to prevent the transformation in Romans 8 and 35 and 39, it says, Who shall separate from us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulations, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword? Uh, as it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are all accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, no devil in hell can stop you. Not one. If you have Jesus Christ in you, he can't stop you. He might try, but you can put him on the run. It says, nor power, nor things present, nor things to come nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, Hallelujah. our Lord. You, the power of the will was presented when Christ was in, in the garden. It was presented to him. You know, it says um, it was actually his physical scorning and crucifixion. He was praying to the Father, if possible, let this cup, that's the cup of sufferings, because he was doing a lot of suffering for us. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And Luke 22 and 42, saying, Father, if this be uh, thy will, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Once Christ submitted his will to the Father's purpose, the sin of humankind were placed upon him. He took every sin that we had and he hung on the cross for us. Amen. If that's not enough to turn your life around, if that's not enough for you to serve Jesus Christ, then I don't know what else to tell you. Because he took it all on him for us. Every one of us. Every human being on this earth. So, it says, 2 Corinthians 5 and 21, For he had made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That's the only way we are going to be righteous is through him and in him. As he entered a time of agony, during which his sweat became great drops of blood. How many of us has ever prayed till our sweat was like blood? Seriously, I know I need to get on it more and more. 
And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. The spirit world shifted, and God spared Christ's death in the garden as a prince of the world, which is Satan, came but found nothing in Christ that he could hold to him. John 14 and 30, Hereafter I will talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and had nothing in me, just like in us. If we got Christ in us, the devil don't have anything. Amen. He has nothing. So it's very important. Uh, Satan can't find anything in us. I mean, he can say this and say that, but if you got Christ in you, he can't do anything. Amen. That's the ones he's doing it to that don't have Christ in their life. You don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And the Lord has made a way for us all through the cross and through his precious blood. That's the way he made a way for us. And, you know, so I ask all of us, which will are you in? I mean, think about it. Are you in, you in your will? Are you in God's will or Satan's will? So that's the question that I ask. Uh, what will are you in? I know what will I was in three weeks ago. I wasn't in the will of God. You know, and I told my, my wife plenty of times, you know, I'd tell her sometime you need to get me some suits or some white shirts because I felt God was calling me and then the devil would make me try to feel something else, you know. And I just, I thank God for my wife. She's, I mean, she's been a really a spiritual mentor to me and helped me and, and, and kind of kept me in line on a lot of things because there was times that I would just want to Thank somebody on the head trying to, try to make them serve God. But I realize and understand that you can't do that. You know, we all have to be molded by God. and We have to be in God's plan. You can do whatever you want to do, but if it's not in God's will, it's not going to work. You know, and, and I, I hate to say it. <laughs> I wasn't in God's will for, for many years. I went to church and I, I prayed and I prayed for people and I just felt like there was there was just something there. There was a void in my life, you know, and, and I kept saying, God, you got to, right before this funeral came up, I said, God, you got to make a way. I said, I want to serve you, and I want to do whatever you have me to do, but I need some kind of sign. I said, I don't need the pastor telling me. I don't need Brother Michael telling me. I don't need another man to tell me. I need you to tell me. Some kind of sign. And then like three days after that, they called me and asked me to preach this funeral. And I'm like, whoa. Wow. You know? And I said, yeah. And I started praying. And Brother Jerry didn't know it. I started praying. And, and God gave me this word, will. He woke me up. He gave me another message. I got another one too. That God gave me two back to back. And I knew that it was God. It was a confirmation that God used that precious child to open the door for me. 
And I don't think God, I mean, I know the child's fine. That's no problem. But I was the one that needed, you know, I needed to be moved. I needed to be poked. And I just thank God. But if there's anybody here, I just feel that there's some people in here that needs a healing in their life. They need a healing in their body. And it's going to be up to you. It's not up to me. It's up to you. God. It's not up to God because he already wants to do it. Brother Jason, how's your neck? So God, God's moving, and, and I just feel that there's people in here that needs a healing in their body. You need a spiritual healing, and, and I don't want to leave this place. I'd stay here all night long praying for somebody. It don't matter to me. As long as I get to work, I'm fine. But I just feel that, like Brother Jerry said, I'm not going to stand up here and not give an altar call. And I know a lot of people don't do it because they're shy. I did it for many years. That was just the way it was. But I hope that that word helped somebody. Uh, and uh, if there's anything I can do, I just want to be in God's will. And I want the, I want the love of God in my heart. For people and souls and, and this this nation all over the world, this community. There's a lot of people around here that's lost. I know we have them all over the world lost, but we have people here that's lost too. You know, and I do believe that God is, is opening up the door and I know that it's not going to be easy, but you know what? I think about the scripture that Brother Chris says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He's the one that's going to give me the strength, not nobody else. And I, I trust in God, and, and I just thank each and every one of y'all for your time. And, and like I said, if, if uh, anybody needs any prayer and need to come to this altar, now's the time. Pastor Jerry.